If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. It's on page 749. If you want to use a pew Bible, or maybe you have a smart device of some kind, but however you need to do it, find Luke chapter 24, and uh, we're going to begin there in just a moment. You know, as we gather today, I love Paul's words in Romans chapter 8, where he says, if God is for us, then who can be against us? You know, every day is a day to celebrate the risen Savior. Not just today, but every day. And so as we celebrate the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, when we do that, everyday life is just another reminder that God is on your side. God is for you. Say that with me this morning. God is for me. He's for me too. Say it again. God, I want you to remember that every day of your life. And so as we gather today, I don't know where you are in your walk with God, but maybe you find yourself somewhere in this story that Tony Campalo tells. It's Friday. He says, and I can't calculate what God is doing or where he is in my life. But Sundays are coming. And when I can see that empty tomb, I'll know that I can trust him beyond calculations. It's Friday and the body of Jesus is broken. Just like all of my attempts to do anything worthwhile or to tap into the world of the eternal. But Sundays are coming. And when I see that empty tomb, I'll know that I can have access to power beyond the corporal. It's Friday and everything in my life is dark permeated with a spirit of desperation and despair. These are coming. And when I see that empty tomb, I'll know that I can have hope beyond any conditions this world can throw my way. It's Friday, and I'm on a lowly, dark hillside wondering if anyone really cares about who I am, if I matter at all. But Sundays are coming. And when I see that empty tomb, I'll know just how far and just how sure God is about a love for me beyond compare. You see, the empty tomb is a marker for all time for anyone who would listen for the voice of the eternal. And so my question to all of us this morning is simply this, do you hear him? In a world that's dark and in a world that's throwing everything our way, the question remains, do we hear him? You see, the empty tomb is God's voice begging for our attention. And so ask yourself this question this morning as God's voice is speaking through that still and that quiet and that almost silent voice in our hearts. And look at these questions. Do you see? Do you finally see just how important you are? Do you understand just how much I love you? How far I will go, how greatly I will act if you will just listen to me. Just trust me. Think about those questions for a moment. Sometimes it's dark in our life, isn't it? Sometimes we don't know what to do. We don't know where to turn. But look at those questions again. 
at just the time that we think that all hope is gone, God acts again. Church, I want to tell you, if your view of God this morning is just, and I'm going to pretend it's just a box right here around this podium because it's where I'm standing, if your view of God is just this little box, you're in for a big surprise, not just today, but every day of your life. Because God is a God of surprises. He's a God that is constantly acting on your behalf and on my behalf. And so we live in a world that's full of bad news. But the good news this morning is this. Every day for the rest of your life can be shaped by the fact that Jesus died, he was buried, and he was raised on the third day. And so I want you to look in Matthew chapter 27 for a moment. Flip over to Matthew's account, and I want you to to look at what was going on that day with the guards. Beginning in verse 62, it says, The next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priest and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days, I will rise again. And so give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. I mean, this last deception will be worse than the first. And so he says, take a guard. Pilate answered, go make the tomb as secure as you know how. And so they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting a guard. Now, do you see their intentions? They wanted no hint of a resurrected Jesus. And so they went to Pilate and they requested the guard. And because if the body wasn't in the grave any longer, all of a sudden these Jewish leaders have nothing for what they would call their show and tell. And so they wanted everything possible to make sure, you make sure it is secure as you know how. Okay, We've got to make sure that this man does not get out of here. And so these leaders went to Pilate and they got a Roman guard there in verse 65 Make the tomb as secure as you know how. And see, in that day, there was a seal, was a cord, and on either end of the seal was this melted wax. And in the wax was inscribed a symbol of the Roman government. And it declared that the tomb was under the authority of the government, and to break it was capital offense. And so the Jews thought, we've got them exactly where we want them. I mean, this is it. Because if he escapes, we've really got him. And so they, in their mind, they felt at ease. They felt pretty peaceful. But again, God acts. Our God is a God of surprises. And about the time that we think nothing's going to happen, God works again. And he rolls that stone away so we can rejoice. And just as he rolled away the stone, church, here's the good news for us this morning. He rolls the stones away in our life. What stones do you have? What stones, what barriers are there in your life this morning that's keeping you from being where God wants you to be? 
Think about that for a moment. Is there a person? Is there an event or is there a circumstance? Is there something that's keeping you from being where God wants you to be? God can act on your behalf at any moment, at any time, and he does that because he loves you. Now I want you to turn to Luke chapter 24 this morning. Luke chapter 24, and we're going to take a little walk. We're going to take a little journey because on that first Easter day, that living hope was far from being established in the experience of two people that we read about in Luke 24, beginning in verse 13. And so I want you to put yourself in the shoes as they set out on this seven-mile walk from Jerusalem to Emmaus. You realize every day that we live, we walk, and we do things. And what God, through His Son Jesus, invites us to do is to take up the cross daily and to walk with Him. Paul says you do it in such a way that you're literally just walking in the footsteps that Jesus has already laid down for us. Okay? And so as we walk this Emmaus road, here's what I want you to see. First of all, it was a heartbreaking experience. Look in Luke 24, beginning in verse 13. That same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other and everything that had happened. And as they talked, because you know earlier in the scene, they had already experienced that Christ had risen from the dead. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked alongside with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. And he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And they stood still, and their faces were downcast. You see, these two that were walking on the road to Emmaus, they had built this wall around their life. They had built a wall of hopelessness. And they were trapped in their misery. Later on in the text it says, we had hoped. And what they were saying is, we don't expect it now, but once we did. We had it. We had it, this thing called hope, but now it's gone. And I wonder this morning if some of us find ourselves where these two were. Has something or someone come between your relationship with God? If so, listen to the Emmaus story because this heartbreaking experience is only the beginning of it. And so as the travelers made their way to Emmaus, all of a sudden you see what happened. A stranger fell along beside them. And all of a sudden they realize, or we, we see this, it's going to be one of the most beautiful walks in history. But you see, they didn't realize that. They didn't understand that. You see, the good part that we have today is some 2,000 years later, we know all the details. We know how it was all filled in the blank. And we know how the story went. They didn't recognize the one who just kind of fell alongside and just started walking along with them. And so the stranger asked him in verse 17, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And so they pour out their story to someone 
who seemed so willing to listen. You know, he could well have been ticked off, to say the least, because of their lack of faith in him. Jesus doesn't do that, does he? He doesn't berate them, but rather, as someone put in very moving words, here's what he does. In his infinite courtesy, Jesus remembered the frailty of overstrained nerves and bewildered minds. Now, raise your hand this morning if your nerves ever feel overstrained. Maybe you feel that way right now. I don't know. Go on and listen to these words. Not to suddenly or overwhelming upon them, but in a way which he alone could do, revealed himself as the risen Christ. And all of a sudden, here's what happens. As we walk along in life, and as we realize everywhere we go, Jesus is right there with us. As the song says, he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he's begging you and I to always follow after him. And sometimes, a lot of times, we get tempted to go the other way, don't we? We get tempted. Maybe we think we get a better offer. And so we put away with that and we start following everything else but Jesus. Folks, I'm going to tell you, when you get off track and you follow after anybody but Jesus Christ, you will be in trouble. Mark it down. But when you realize as you fall along the road and as you go, there's going to be bumps, there's going to be bruises, there's going to be good days, there's going to be bad days, there's going to be the mountaintops, there's going to be the valleys, there's going to be all of it in between. But when you know that Jesus Christ is there with you, walking alongside, here's what you understand. He has already walked every step of the way. All he wants you to do is follow suit. All he's asking you to do is just follow in his footsteps that he has already walked. And so, the way that Jesus dealt with the situation is a lesson to all of us that are in a position to help those who've lost hope. Maybe somebody in your life right now just wants you to be still and listen to them. You see, instead of, in Jesus, instead of overreacting about something, do we ever overreact about something? Oh, we would never do that, would we? No. We would never want to give somebody the benefit of the doubt, would we? I believe Jesus, as he's walking along the road, he's given these two the benefit of the doubt. They didn't recognize me, but you know what? It's okay, because Jesus knows sooner or later, their eyes are going to be open, and they're going to realize, here he is, right before my very eyes. Look what we miss. And he's there patiently waiting for us, all along the way. And so look at verse 18. One of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened in these days? What things? He asked. I love that. 
It's almost like, oh, really? Why don't you go ahead and tell me the rest of that story? And so he says about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. And the chief priest and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all of this took place And in addition, some of our women amazed us. They went in the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. And they came and told us that they hadn't seen a vision of angels, that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see. And he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. And all of a sudden, it becomes this heart-searching experience. And you know, we've all had those exciting testimonies of what Jesus has done in the past. But what about the present? Because church, here's the deal. The past is history. We learn from that. But all we have right now is present. And so I wonder today, is Jesus that present, bright reality to those who give their experience to us? Do we always recognize him walking beside us? A lot of times we don't, do we? A lot of times we cry out, God, where are you? God, I needed you right here. God, I needed you the other day when this took place. God, I needed you a month ago when this happened in my life. And then slowly but surely we begin to understand he was there all the time, wasn't he? He was there in the form of that voice from a friend. He was there in that that voice that lowly voice that comes to us in our time of need. But more than that, he is there inside our heart and spirit every day because his spirit lives right here in me. And when we know that God's spirit, hey, in church, listen, he left it to us because he knew we needed it. And what Paul says is everyday life, what you and I are to do is we are to keep in step with the Spirit. We are to keep in step with everything that His Spirit inside of us is wanting us to see. Is Jesus alive? Yes. Where is He? He lives right here in my heart every day. And so Jesus is still there. He's that unseen stranger walking with us. He's that unseen stranger listening to us. And if we're willing to hear his voice, he is willing to reveal himself to us in a number of ways. Again, your view of God needs to be really big Because he can reveal himself to you in any form or fashion that he desires. Amen? 
Again, our God is a God of surprises. And so when Jesus intrudes into our lives, when Jesus comes in to your life, look at this, it is for the purpose of blessing us. When Jesus comes to live right here in your heart, it's for the sole purpose to lay a blessing on you. And in return, what he wants you to do, just like with Abraham, I'm blessing you so you can be a blessing to other people. Jesus comes into our life and he blesses us. And every day, what he's asking us to do is to go be a blessing to somebody else. Not a problem. Not a barrier. Go be a blessing. Can we do that? Because you know what? As we go out to try to bless other people, it will open doors of opportunity like you and I have never believed could happen again. And so, as the story continues, their two-hour journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus must have seemed like five minutes, being so wrapped up in this absorbing conversation. But look what happens. As they approach the village in verse 28 to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us. For it is nearly evening and the day is almost over. And so he went in to stay with them. And look what happened next. When he was at the table, he took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, and began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? And then they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem, and there they found the eleven and those with them assembled together, and all they could do was say, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. And then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. It's true. And I'm telling you, they had a story to tell, didn't they? They had a lot of things to talk about in their conversations. And folks, I'm going to tell you something this morning. You and I have a lot to talk about with Jesus. We have a lot to talk about with each other about how Jesus has blessed us. Amen? We have a lot to talk about how Jesus is using each one of you to make a difference in this world. Don't ever pass up an opportunity to share a conversation with somebody else about Jesus. And I know we know how to talk. I mean, we say a lot of things every day, don't we? 
But I just wonder, when is the last time that you had a conversation with somebody about Christ? Christ makes all the difference in the world. So I ask you this morning, where are you in this journey? Maybe, maybe you're the one that's walking along the road and your, your vision is so clouded because you have so many distractions in your life. It's like Coach Stallings said, maybe you fall asleep praying at night. That's a pretty good thing to do, isn't it, Coach? Maybe life has you so tangled up that you don't know what to do. Church, I'm going to tell you, just as much as we believe today that Jesus is alive, we also, on the other hand, need to understand that Satan is well and alive too. But we know the rest of the story, don't we? We... People of faith are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And so even Satan cannot have the final word with Jesus. Jesus wins the war, doesn't he? And so if Jesus has already won the war, there is not a thing in your life right now that Jesus cannot conquer. Okay? He gives you that power to rise above anything that you're struggling with right now. And it's available to us all the time. Christ is risen from the dead. Christ is the Savior. Christ is the hope of the world. Say that with me this morning. Christ is risen from the dead. Christ is the Savior. And Christ is the hope of the world. Now I want you to look at the screen and I want you to listen to this song, Glorious Day, as we think this morning about the resurrection. Day when heaven was filled with His praises One day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men, my example is he. The word became flesh and the light shined among us, his glory revealed, living he loved me. Dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away. Rising he justified, freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day, oh glorious day. mountain one day they nailed him to die on a tree suffering anguish despised and rejected bearing our sins my redeemer is he 
The hands that healed nations stretched out on a tree and took the nails from me. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day, oh glorious day. One day the grave could conceal him no longer. One day the stone rolled away from the door. Then he arose over death he had conquered. Now is ascended, my Lord evermore. Death could not hold him, the grave could not keep him from rising again. Living he loved me, dying he saved me. Buried he carried my sins far away. Rising he justified freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day, oh glorious day, glorious day. trumpet will sound for his coming. One day the skies with his glories will shine. Wonderful day my beloved one bringing his come. My Savior Jesus is mine. Living he loved me. Dying he saved me. Buried he my sins far away, rising he justified, freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day, oh glorious day, glorious day. I want you to go ahead and stand this morning as we close. And I want you to, to think about the fact that these two disciples, they lost no time in retracing their steps to Jerusalem because they wanted to share the good news. They knew they had a story to tell. May that be our experience, not just today, but every day of life. We have a story to tell, don't we, church? Let's go tell it. And let's give God the glory for everything that he does in our life. And as we stand at the entrance of the empty tomb, we come to that startling revelation that God fulfilled his plan then, and God will fulfill his plan every day for the rest of your life.